Hello and welcome back to Can't Let Go, the NBN podcast where we discuss the news stories and the personal stories from the past week or a few weeks that we can just not let go of. I am, as always, your host, Jacob Lazaro. I've got two returning guests. They've both been on the show before. Um, we've got Sophia Lowe to the far left and David Deloso to the slight right. The big change for them is they're both managing editors now. Whoa. Oh my god. I'm sure you've all listened to, heard of, passed by, spiritually or whatever, This American Life at some point. And I'm talking about their episode from September 20th. The episode is called Beer Summit. You guys remember when um, Barack Obama like had the beer summit in the White House? Actually, don't remember. No. Okay, maybe it's for your time. Basically, there was this. This is like the first part of the episode, but the theme is beer summits, right? Basically, there's this very famous Harvard professor, Henry Henry Louis Gates Jr., who's a big history professor, very famous, who um, was locked out of his own house in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and this is like in 2009, I believe. And he was trying to get inside, and somebody called the police on him. And for those of you who have not seen Henry Louis Gates before, um, he is black, and these this white police officer showed up and like started interrogating Henry Louis Gates about what he was doing at the house and then Henry Gates is like this is my house and he proved that it was his house and then he started arguing with the gu- with the police officer like why are you you know like harassing me I'm just trying to get inside my house and they arrested him and basically Obama got asked about this at a press conference like a few days after it happened and Obama said that the Cambridge police acted stupidly and I'm sure you all see where this is going this became a huge you know scandal but it was eventually resolved by President Obama inviting the um, police officer who arrested um, Henry Louis Gates the sergeant and Louis Gates to the White House to have a beer with him and just talk it out. So that's like the premise for the episode, but the reason it stuck with me is because there's two acts. Act one is about Botswana, which like, you know, a lot of African countries is the borders kind of are just there. They were drawn up by some, you know, white dudes in Europe without really considering what was, you know, going on in the actual place, right? So, you know, there's a lot of different tribal groups that are all in the nation of Botswana. And in other African countries, this has presented a problem of, you know, separatism that's, you know, resulted in political instability, you know, civil war, that sort of thing. So when Botswana became um, independent from Britain in like the 60s or whatever, they decided we want to avoid um, this potential for conflict by trying to institute policies that like get rid of or try to avoid like the bad parts of tribalism. And one of these policies is that Botswana and like government employees, in this case, the person profiled in the act as a teacher, are, are required and are randomly assigned workplaces all over the country and are required to move like every five years or so and they don't know where they're going. The episode is about this woman who was, you know, from like the capital of Botswana, very cosmopolitan, right? And she loved her job teaching there. And then she got reassigned to this like tiny, very rural village with a completely different tribe on the other side of the country. And she was like, I don't want to go. Oh my God, it's going to be so terrible. And so, but she had to go obviously because it's required. So she moves there to teach. She hates it. She like basically is a hermit. And then after a few months, she and a new colleague go to the neighboring town, which is slightly bigger, to have some beers and just chill. They go into this bar. She meets this guy. The guy's pretty cool. They, they hit it off. And then eventually she finds out that he's from the village where she's working as a teacher, where before she met him, she just dismissed everyone as like, oh, they're so different from me, different tribe, different culture, like, I don't like them, they're the worst. And then they fall in love. The policy actually worked in that case, and there's at least one specific case in terms of, you know, bringing together people of different tribes slash lifestyles in Botswana, and all it took was some beers, which is pretty cool. I think beer is the drink that can, like, bridge gaps between, like, you know, the frat bros who just, like, guzzle it at parties to, like, you know, older people who maybe don't drink it the same way that college students do, but it's just, it's the same beverage, it's the same substance. I don't think any other drink can really do that. Hmm. Not that I'm advocating for anyone in college, unless they're 21, to consume alcohol. Thank you, David, for keeping us uh, 
legal yeah. on this podcast. And now I hand the metaphorical uh, cold one that we've just cracked open to you, David. Uh, what's your news story? So some phone calls um, recently leaked in which Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, who I shall henceforth refer to as the Zuck, he was commenting on um, Elizabeth Warren, presidential candidate, overall queen, and just her um, her goal to like break up large, massive corporations, including Facebook, of course. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest daddies out uh, there. Yeah, I mean, he, Facebook's pretty big. And the Zuck was just saying that he didn't want legal trouble with his own government, even though Facebook would probably win, but he said it would suck for everyone. Also, didn't he, like, take a shot at Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said that Facebook was better at, like, kind of upholding democracy because of its size Mm. and its, like, universality, which I disagree with. We love Facebook. Go check it right now. We love Facebook. Hello, Zuckerberg. Hi, yes, we know you're listening. Facebook, good. (laughs) Facebook, good. Regulation bad. Okay, we're, we're, we snuck past him, guys. He, he won't. He won't. He won't catch on to the real us. So today is the seventieth anniversary of the founding of the PRC. But you know, Hong Kong has been protesting against China for a bunch of reasons. It started with this whole extradition bill. But yes, they're protesting against China. And since you know China's celebrating, they were like, "Well, this is a good day to protest and also get." media attention and everything and today was the first day that someone was shot by a live bullet not the first time anyone's been shot not the first time anyone's used live bullets and by anyone i mean the police yeah they a lot of people have been well a lot multiple people have been shot in the eye over the past few months but that's been with them i think rubber rubber bullets bullets. but i mean they're still blind i mean that's still like you know not good 18 year old protester shot in i think shoulder Shoulder area, yeah. Sorry, From what I, I saw, it was like the bullet um, is like three centimeters or something from his heart. So he, he's live right now. One of his lungs is apparently filled with blood. At least it was. Police in Hong Kong right now, real scary. I mean, honestly, like the videos from previous protests are so much worse. Like the, uh, like, the MTR. Yeah, yeah, like the people bleeding out and everyone getting beaten by the police. And basically, it's really scary for them. And also... Like, I'm just sad about it, because Hong Kong, great city, love her, and now there's so much changing, and there's so much uncertainty, and I don't really know where the future of Hong Kong is going to be going. I don't see this being peacefully resolved anymore, because it has been a few very long months. So I was studying abroad in in Beijing over the summer, so that was when tensions were really, really just, like, there, you know? And it was really hard to get a feel for what, like, the locals... um, in Beijing kind of thought of the situation just because I wasn't really talking to them that much but just seeing like I did make some friends who were like either from Hong Kong or like flying through Hong Kong seeing how scary how scared they were and seeing like some videos and stuff that they posted when they got back it's just like it's a really it's really really scary we don't love the Chinese government and now that I'm out of their country I can say that freely so just don't go back I can't go back or don't transit through Hong Kong airport after (laughs) they show the extradition law through it'll grab you you know what? You, I'm a journalist. You, I'm never you, going you back across anyway. the border. Be like, oh, where'd he go? Oh, now he, he, surprise! He ended up somehow in Shanghai. Whoa! Oh, my social credit's already bad. Yeah. It's fine. So, in light of birthdays, PRC's seventieth um, celebratory occasion was October first, and I think there's an even more important birthday coming up. October 3rd, which is my birthday. Um, We can all agree I think that's more important than the PRC. Uh, I'm turning 22, which is a great age because it means I can needlessly annoy people with the Taylor Swift song, All the Live Long Day. I 
she was feeling 22, which is how I will be feeling in approximately two days at the time of recording. Yeah, so that's my personal story, which is pretty boring. But the exciting part is um, there's this great brunch dinner brewery spot in Evanston on Howard down by Chicago called the Peckish Pig. It's so fab. And for my birthday, um, we're all going there, me and um, nine to ten other people. Including both of us. Including both yeah, of you, yes. We'll be there. Um, we're going to be there. We're going to have some lit dinner, some lit beers for those of you, those of us, those of you who are over 21. Um, and it'll just be a, a wonderful time. And I can't think of any better way to celebrate becoming the Taylor Swift age. I mean, you weren't on campus for your last birthday, so really. That's true, I wasn't. My last yeah. birthday was kind of weird because it was... I was in Hong Kong on study abroad, right? And it was my 21st birthday, which is like oh extra. My oh my yeah, God. You even oh. But in America. the drinking age in Hong Kong, like most civilized countries, is 18. So it didn't even matter. I, I literally got dim sum with people, which I did like all the time because I didn't have a kitchen. I lived in student housing. So I got, you know, dim sum for dinner a lot. So I just did that. And I was like, this is birthday dim sum. It's different. And then we all went to 7 Eleven and bought beer. I think I got an Asahi, which is, you know, it's oh, all right. Yeah, and then we sat at the waterfront in Kennedy Town. There's some benches there, um, which are nice, and just drank our beers. And that was my 21st birthday. It was a very low-key event. But compared to what some of my friends have done back in, uh, you know, the, the Puritan country we currently reside in the United States, did not compare. All right, David, tell us about your, your favorite artist or whatever. Yeah, so people who know me well probably know that my favorite artist is Kanye West. And no, I don't agree with him on anything that he's said about politics or his stance on, like, medication. But his music really means a lot to me. I mean, I've been listening to him since high school, and, like, his albums have gotten me through a lot of, like, very difficult and some very good times in my life. Around, like, August-ish of last year, he he announced a new album, which, great. But then, um, over a year went and came and went. The the release date that he um, announced came and went, and no album. At the start of this month, um, his wife, Kim Kardashian West, tweeted out a picture of a track list to an album. Not the same album that had been teased before. It was going to be called Jesus is King. And that was going to come out, like, on Friday. So, this past Friday, um, Kanye had a listening party for that album in Detroit. And I thought, wow, this album really exists. I'm going to finally be able to listen to it. And my plan was to listen to it alone in a dining hall, just, like, kind of peacefully. But what then, would you be eating when you were listening? Probably, like, stir-fry or other dining hall oh, food. Okay, okay. But this is all beyond the point, because on Saturday, I woke up to an announcement that another listening party would be happening in Chicago, and Northwestern is right by Chicago. So I was really excited, because, like, kind of all of a sudden, completely out of the blue, I would finally get a chance to see my favorite artist. And, and also, the tickets were going to be free, but very, very limited. I, I do everything I can to get in that, like, Ticketmaster queue as early as possible, and tickets sell out, like, almost immediately, so I don't get them. But someone in the group chat uh, said he had resale tickets, so I picked one up, and all of a sudden, like, a few hours later, I was in line outside the Auditorium Theater of Roosevelt University, which is not where I'd expect that event to take place, and we waited for a couple hours. Um, We got in, took our seats, and Kanye shows up, and wow, like, you should have seen that theater. It was going nuts. People were having, like, actual religious experiences. People were hugging each other. You know, it looked like a lot of people's bucket lists just got, like, shorter. It pains me that he hasn't dropped the album yet, because I really want to listen to it again. And also, they locked our phones during the performance, so I don't have any photo or video evidence that that, ha- that this ever happened. All that, like, egotism that I've come to expect from Kanye West was, like, not there. He was being very, like, 
humble in his like demeanor. What did he do during his songs? Like when well, he wasn't playing, yeah, he, he was just, like standing there with his hands in his pockets. He was, yeah, he was standing there. He was dancing a bit. Oh, was he bopping? Yeah, he, bop was bop- he was bopping. We were all bopping. Oh my god, some of those songs. My personal story is my personal motto for fall quarter, which is Sophia. Yes, I came up with it this summer with some of my friends. When I was about to download Tinder, so it would basically justify all of my bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But now, basically, I've been using it to justify, like, every other horrible decision I make. Like, mostly eating full plates of fries for dinner with sriracha on them. That's what I did today. Mm-hmm. It was good. I'll point out that you selectively ignore Sophia exactly. Yes, though. So, yeah. how, not to drag you, but how can it be the quarter of Sophia Yes if you only Sophia Yes about, I don't know, a solid 50% of the exactly. time? Exactly. You know, Sophia, get out of bed. <laughs> Sophia, no. <laughs> Sophia, you know, stay in bed. Sophia, no, no. You... I feel like you cannot use this as your motto if you're not going to commit to it. Go off, David, go off. In my defense, it was meant exclusively for my bad Tinder decisions. And now I've just adapted it to whenever I feel like saying yes to something. And also, I, Sophia, yes, to doing my Asian readings last night, which I finished all before class. Okay, see, that's what, I can get behind that. I'm slowly adapting it to Sophia, yes, but also now that you guys have declared winter quarter Sophia, yikes, and spring quarter Sophia, Sophia all-time low, I also just want to see how fast I can get there. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of Can't Let Go. Um, this episode and all other of our NBN podcasts can be found on iTunes and in the Google Play Store and on Spotify. Our show's theme is Little Lily Swing by Tritachion, which we use under a Creative Commons attribution license. I am, as always, your host, Jacob Lazaro. I'm David Deloso. And I'm Sophia Lowe. And this is NBN Audio. You know, he only eats Twitter. meat he'll kill. He what? He only will eat meat that he kills. Oh, Zuckerberg? Yes. What? It's part of his like philosophy. <laughs>